This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm your host, Katie Olmsted, and I'm part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and its 120,000 members. This episode will be the last one of this season before we take a bit of a break for summer, and I want to begin it by looking back at one of my favorite conversations of this run. Take a listen. And I was just so, so shocked, um, but at the same time, thankful for that. And now you will spend the next year in that role. What will you be doing? You know, just trying to spread my ideas and my platform about education. That was season two, episode four from back in the fall, talking with Oberlin High School teacher Kurt Russell about the moment he found out he had been named 2022 Ohio Teacher of the Year. The thing that neither of us could have known then is that today he has a much bigger audience to hear his ideas about education. That's because in April, he was named 2022 National Teacher of the Year by the Council of Chief State School Officers. In fact, OEA had planned to honor Kurt for his work as Ohio Teacher of the Year as part of the Classic for Columbus basketball games on April 23rd, but he was unable to join us because of more pressing engagements at the White House in Washington, D.C., with the president celebrating him, Kurt Russell, as he represented every educator in the country. We wanted to ask Kurt about that and everything else about his new role as National Teacher of the Year. So we asked him to share his perspective for this podcast. Kurt, thank you so, so much for sitting down with us again. I cannot tell you how excited I am to speak with you and how proud we all are of you. Congratulations, 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 Kurt. Thank you so much, Katie, and thank you for all that you have done in this journey. Um, The first time we sat down together up until now, you have been very kind and generous and professional. So I just want to say thank you for everything you have done as well. It has been my absolute pleasure to have these opportunities to speak with you. And in fact, this is your second appearance on our podcast this season. You are our season finale star. And I just want to talk to you about how it's all going. You are the 2022 National Teacher of the Year. What has it been like? Um, Katie, it has been surreal. Um, First of all, I'm really taking on this attitude that being National Teacher of the Year doesn't make me the best teacher, right? And so I had to overcome that struggle um, because a lot of times when I thought of National Teacher of the Year, I didn't want that burden of being considered the best teacher, which I totally am not. Um, So it's more of allowing me to put forth my body of work that I'm looking forward to doing this year and to learning from great educators and stakeholders in education throughout this country. It may not be about being the best teacher in the country, but you truly are the best person for this moment in our country to represent the needs of educators. Uh, You talk a lot about the transformative power of education for students and the importance of representation in the classroom and their curriculum. And I cannot think of a platform that is more appropriate 
for where we are as a country right now. I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, we are heading to a place in regards to education that I don't like, um, that many educators do not like. It seems as though educators are not receiving the respect um, that we deserve. Um, no, we are the experts in the classroom. Um, no, we are the ones that transform young people's lives. And I wish that educators throughout this country will receive more respect in that area and feel more valued and feel more important. Unfortunately, educators are really almost the pawns in the political chess games right now. Uh, they're they're constantly under attack, especially here in Ohio, as you well know, uh, the, the bills, House Bill 616, um, House Bill 327, both of them are trying to stop educators from giving our students an honest and reflective education um, and really scare them into not teaching anything. You know what, Katie, that is a great point. And what I really wish politicians would do is sit down in classrooms. Um, students are eager and hungry to learn. Teachers are eager and hungry to teach. And we would like to teach the truth. So from my own personal experience, students are craving for this information. Um, you know, I am craving as an educator to listen to what my students are saying. And the only way in which we can move forward in education is by being vulnerable, by being honest and true to who we are as a nation. And your classes, uh, really extremely popular classes from everything that I've heard, uh, really empower your students to be proud of who they are. It, it strikes me, I was watching, um, and, and I've seen quite a few videos of you in your classroom, but one that obviously a lot of people saw was the CBS Mornings package uh, announcing when you became the National Teacher of the Year. And in your classes, you're talking about race, gender, and oppression, and you are your student body is representative of the United States as a whole. You have women in there. You have men in there. Well, young women, young men. You have uh, black kids. You have white kids. You have all different races. Mm -hmm. How important is it that we continue to have those conversations together in a safe space like your classroom? It is so vital, right? It's so vital for us to have these conversations with young people. So hopefully we could change this trajectory of education and what I always consider myself, Katie, as a person who is willing to listen and learn. It goes both ways. And I think a lot of times we as adults would only want to just hammer kids with information without listening. And what I'm hearing from my students is that they want to learn about the past and how we could impact the future in a better, more just society. And so that's why these courses are so imperative is because students are not only learning, but they are trying to make a impactful um, no decision of where we are going as a nation. And I wanna read you a quote uh, again from that CBS Mornings piece from a Mr. Larry Thomas. Uh, he says, you are changing lives. You're motivating young people each and every day. 
So you're making the changes there. A couple of questions about this. First off, Mr. Larry Thomas is one of the reasons that you got into education. Is that correct? Yes, it is. He was my first Black male teacher I had in the classroom. And what I saw in Mr. Thomas was myself. I always loved to learn. I always loved history. I always wanted to be a teacher. But my eighth grade year, I saw Mr. Thomas as an attainable goal. Since he's a teacher, I could become one as well. And so it just really changed um, you know, my, my life because it was someone who I saw in myself. And that's the impact of representation, right? Where you could see someone that looks like you in a profession that you would like to become one day. So what happens if we don't have that representation? What happens if, you know, as we know, we have a, a looming teacher shortage. Um, people are leaving the profession. Young people are not entering the profession. What happens if we don't get more young Black males into this profession to be that representation and, and to show kids that they can do this? And what happens if the lawmakers in Columbus get their way and we whitewash these kids out of their history books anyway? It would be so devastating because now we are missing a group of members of this society that their voices would be silent, their narratives and their stories would not be told effectively. Um, and it goes so far, Katie, into what is fair, right? What is equitable? And what is fair and equitable is to make sure that all of our students receive that representation. Um, you know, our demographics are changing in America. There are more students of color in public schools um, than white students, right? And so we have to reflect that within our faculty and within our um, staff as well. Uh, and so it will become a travesty if we don't start uh, recruiting more students of more students of color, and if we don't start recruiting more women into the STEM profession and more men into the primary years. So we need that representation um, across the board. Do you have any ideas about how we could do a better job with that recruitment? I think it's the first thing has to be grassrooted. And what I mean by that, um, as stakeholders of education, we must look at our younger students in our primary years and maybe try to mold them into teaching. I think it's imperative that we look at young students and say, hey, I think you have a gift to become a teacher and start modeling that profession as well. And we have to make it attractive. Um, a lot of time when people think of educators, first thing that comes to mind is that they don't receive enough pay, um, it's too long of hours, um, the information that they teach is not relevant. So somehow we have to make the teaching profession more attractive by maybe offering more pay, maybe offering free tuition, something of that sort to try to encourage more people into teaching. I want to touch on what you just said there about what they're teaching is not relevant. Yeah. Nothing could be more relevant than what you teach. Just remind people about what your courses are. Yes, there's probably three courses that has been gaining national attention. One is my African-American history class. Another is my race, gender, and oppression course. And finally, a new course this year is called Black Music in the African Diaspora. What is so 
important where I want people to really understand those courses was really started by students where students said, we would like more. We would like more, more, more. And so I thought about my own education, even in college. I said, you know what? Maybe I could bring my African-American history class that I studied in college to the high school level. And then my race class that I studied in college to the high school level. And what is so ironic about these courses is that they are probably the most popular courses at the high school and they are electives. So it's not a course that is required. Students are signing up to take these classes, which shows the impact it is having on our young people. But with House Bill 327, basically we aren't able to acknowledge race anymore. Um, and with House Bill 616, it adds the don't say gay provisions of Florida's law to the don't say race prohibitions of House Bill 327. Would you be able to teach any of that if those laws were in place? You know, it would be very difficult, but Katie, I have to remain true to who I am as a teacher. And I have to remain true to what I consider myself as being the expert in the classroom. And more importantly, I have to remain true to my students. My students want to learn this information. My students are signing up to take these courses. And so I know from my own personal experience that these courses are necessary, that these courses are um, exciting to young people and it's making a difference. And I would like to continue to teach those courses because I know the impact it is having on young people's lives. But, and I hate yeah. that I have to keep saying, but mm -hmm. you could lose your teaching license. You could lose your school critical funding. How many other educators are just going to be scared into submission on this one? Yes, because it's our livelihood. And like you said, losing funding, maybe not being able to teach. Um, but once again, as educators, we must be true to our students. I always been an educator who have been learner, student first. Center of everything I do is my students. And I need to make sure that I do right by them. So I will continue under the guidance of my administration, under the guidance of my school board, hopefully the support and the changing of these policies within our state to continue to impact students' lives. I want to read you another quote. This one is from OEA President Scott DeMauro, uh, what he said right after the announcement that you had become National Teacher of the Year. He oh. said, to have CCSSO recognize Kurt Russell as the 2022 National Teacher of the Year is to recognize the importance of honesty and education for all students across Ohio and the United States. Yes. When I say you are the perfect person for this moment in our country, Ohio is certainly not alone having these sort of very dangerous bills being put mm -hmm. forward. They're cookie cutter legislation that have just been shopped around to lawmakers in different state houses. Mm -hmm. What does your selection as the National Teacher of the Year mean about this moment for educators and our ability to fight back against this? The first thing, I have two points. Number one is that educators are valued. When CCSSO 
selected me as National Teacher of the Year. They did not necessarily select Kurt Russell. They selected the whole body of educators who are making this difference in our society, uh, being courageous, being brave, being true to our students. But then number two, it shows that CCSSO is making a commitment to our students that our students deserve, and that's the key, they deserve a fair and honest education. And that is what I am trying to bring nationally through my speaking engagements, having conversations with you, Katie, is just to try to understand or to try to make people understand the importance of what we are doing as educators for our young people. I think it is very easy to get downtrodden in this moment in in Ohio. I, you know, I feel it in my heart. I feel sick and I feel sad. I see what happened in Buffalo and I see how denying an honest education leads to that moment where somebody has done something so heinous and so horrific uh, because of a conspiracy theory. And if we can't have an honest conversation about race in our classrooms, this will keep happening. Yes. I feel sick. But I also feel so much hope when I talk to you and when I see your students. Working with them, does it surprise you? Or is this something that, of course, of course you feel hope when you see them? Uh, It doesn't surprise me one bit. I see nothing but hope within my students. Um, I see nothing but change makers when I look at my students. They are so powerful. They are so smart, they are so um, engaging. And even though we have these house bills and we have these policies, my main focus, Katie, has always been with my students and each and every day, it just brings a smile to my face because I know that better days are coming because of the students in my classroom. Let's talk about the immediate future. As National Teacher of the Year, what does the next year look like for you? Um, Learning. Learning, absolutely learning. I have the great opportunity um, to talk to many different organizations and colleges, to travel a little bit, um, and the opportunity just to learn from all of the great educators throughout this country. And that's exciting to me. Um, you know, the edu- teachers always learning, right? That, that's our model. We always learn, we learn, we learn, and there's going to be a great opportunity for me. And speaking of educators you've met, Dr. Jill Biden comes to mind. Tell me about being at the White House, meeting the president and first lady. What was that like? Once again, one of those surreal moments. How many Americans will have the opportunity to go into the Oval Office, right? Let alone the White House, but the Oval Office to open up the door and the president of the United States of America um, is standing right there. And one thing about President Biden and Dr. Biden, just nice people, nice, nice, genuine people who really care about education. And and I don't think we could ask for a better administration than the Bidens at this time in regards to educators. And I don't think we could ask for a better national teacher of the year to represent all educators across the country and make sure that our students are getting that education they deserve. Mm -hmm. Kurt, thank you. Thank you, thank you, and congratulations again. 
Katie, thank you so much. To see that story on CBS Mornings we were talking about and the big announcement naming Kurt Russell the National Teacher of the Year, go to the show notes for this episode. You can also find a link to see Kurt Russell's National Teacher of the Year address to the nation while you're there. And make sure you subscribe to Education Matters wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing in the future. On a personal note, it has been an honor and a privilege for me to tell educators' stories and dive into the issues impacting our schools this season on Education Matters. I cannot wait to get back to it this fall. In the meantime, I want to hear from you. Send me an email at educationmatters@ohea.org to share your thoughts on this podcast and share your ideas about what you'd like to hear here on Education Matters down the road. Until next time, stay well. Thank you.